Before we get started today, I wanted to thank Mary J. Kelly for sending us a donation via PayPal. Thank you so much for your generous donation, Mary. If you would like your own shout-out on the Messy Studio Podcast, just go to www.messystudiopodcast.com and click the Donate button. It's a yellow button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate, and there you can set up a single-time donation or a recurring monthly donation for literally any amount. So that's www.messystudiopodcast.com and hit that Donate button. All right, that's all for now. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about self-respect for artists. Self-respect is one of the central ingredients for a healthy mindset, yet can be one of the hardest to achieve. As artists, we may feel it in some ways in our own studio, for example, but lose our grip on it when encountering the larger art world. Or a lack of self-respect may interfere with our art practice itself, keeping us from dedicating time and resources to our work, or behaving in ways that undermine our success. Is your self-respect as an artist firmly in place, or does it waver or fade in some situations? Today we'll talk about ways to build and maintain your self-respect inside and outside the studio. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Uh, So in today's episode, we're going to focus on self-respect. But of course, self-respect is also tied to to gaining respect from others. And that's going to be our focus next week. We're going to kind of continue the conversation. Um, Because certainly we gain self-respect as a result of being treated with respect. But it's pretty hard to get to that point without a basic core belief in yourself Uh, So that's what we're going to be talking about today, and kind of starting with the idea of passion, which we we talked about in a recent podcast, and it it underlies so much of what we do as artists um, and entrepreneurs, and you know that passion keeps us going even when we have times when the rest of the world uh, doesn't really seem to care that much about what we do. Um, So part of that passion, though, that you know fuels us is. I think it's a respect that we feel kind of intrinsically inside for what it is that we do. So in some basic way, we know what we do is important and and we honor that and that feeds the passion. Uh, So it's all connected. Um, But I think we need that inner self-respect in order to put ourselves out there in the art world and gain the respect of others. And um, it's also important in keeping us engaged and um, able to overcome the things that life throws at us and and also to recognize situations in which we are not being respected. And sometimes that's a little bit hard. Right. And it's easy to allow yourself to be taken advantage of if you don't have that self-respect. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, so I think next uh, next time we're going to talk about a lot of those situations where you know, you don't even realize quite what's going on until you suddenly understand that somebody doesn't really respect what you do. And the fact is, we live in a world, um, at least here in the U.S., in which calling yourself an artist can be an invitation for sort of eye rolls and smirks <laughs> and whoever you're telling this to, even if they're sort of polite about it. Um, but it's it's kind of a, a questionable activity for a lot of people. Right. Well, and I think that the same is true of any person who's self-employed or owns yep. a business. There's, yes. there's a, people think, 
you know, that can't possibly be a real job, you know, and, and they, they, you know, they figure that there's some kind of scam that you're running or something, you know, that you're, right. you're somehow disreputable for not going to work for, you know, Coca-Cola or Nestle or something and punching uh, a clock for 12 hours a day in a factory. Or, or just have, you know, a respectable title like teacher. Like I, I noticed early on in my career that when I... I was teaching at the university at the time as an adjunct, which isn't all that wonderful position. But if I if I said to somebody, "I'm an artist," um, you know, that wouldn't bring automatic respect. But if I said, "Oh, I teach at the university," oh, well, okay, you know, <laughs> like that was pretty legitimate. And it seemed ironic to me because what I was teaching was art. <laughs> so, kind of a, an odd circle there. Um, and I think this kind of lack of respect for creative ambition can start young. And, and um, you know, young people are often discouraged from ever thinking of art or any creative field or self-employment as a possible profession. <laughs> um, but early on is when that self-respect can start to take hold under good conditions. I mean... You know, we we really establish so much about ourselves and our own minds and who we are when we're young. Um, I also find it a little odd that young children's art is often admired and celebrated, and everybody thinks it's lovely. And then, um, but once that child, you know, grows up a little more, and they start to get really focused on um, maybe choosing art over other activities. And maybe they're asking for art supplies or classes or whatever. Um, and the parents can find this a little threatening and actively discourage this because uh, I think all the stereotypes of artists can then kick in and they're afraid their child will be living in poverty or an outcast or run with some kind of strange crowd, you know. And, and also that people view art as essentially a self-absorbed activity. Um, it's It's doesn't contribute to society. So all these, you know, kind of outmoded or ideas that the parents may not have really challenged in themselves, if they have a kid that says, hey, this is what I want to do, um, they may, that child may not a very get a very good reception for that idea. Well, I think it does all go back to this overall sense in which people feel that anyone who is uh, who makes their money in a creative way or who is self-employed or an entrepreneur um, is uh, in some way naive, uh, just hasn't uh, hasn't taken their knocks yet. Um, and they kind of roll their eyes. And when they're when they're people are young, they kind of assume that, you know, maybe this person is just living off of mommy and daddy or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, I, I get that all the time from people. Um, you know, and, and other young entrepreneurs that I know, it's like everyone I know who is a business owner in their 30s um, runs multiple businesses and does it full time. And uh, every one of them has this this thing where people assume that they are in some way, um, you know, dependent on others or that they're running some kind of scam, like I mentioned before, or that whatever they're doing is not 100% above board or, or that the yeah. way that they're presenting themselves is not genuine. There's a sense of that you have to prove yourself. Right. Well, I think that there's a, a stereotype that if you're a business owner, you're, you know, in your 60s and you're male and white. And if you, if you aren't those things, then that can't possibly be how you get your money. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I think that that's definitely true of artists as well. Um, yeah. That there's a sense in which uh, they they just assume that unless you've reached a, a certain uh, age, you know, that you can't possibly be doing this for real. Um, that it's it's a, it must oh it must be a hobby or it must be some vague ambition that uh, is never really going to bear fruit. Uh, yeah. And this person's going to give up and go do go do a real job, you know? <laughs> um, right. Yeah, it is. It's so true that we in in our society we sort of expect a certain amount of um, legitimacy to be conferred on people from their job from an authority. Yeah, or their income or whatever yeah. it is. So so what happens when? You know, young people are discouraged from this, and and many, many are. I mean, you hear this all the time, or I hear people saying, "Well, I would never let my child do that," or whatever it is. Um, so, who are these these people that are, you know, turn they turn away for whatever reason? And I think a lot of um, people do pursue art on some level, along with another career. Maybe they pursue whatever it is that they wanted to do, um, and but they put it on the back burner. But then. Later in life, um, it can come out again, and and I think um, the fact that they've been deprived or self-deprived of growing this passion and this self-respect um, for what they do as creative people throughout their whole life, not giving it the focus it deserves, and now, and basically they've been taught to disrespect that side of themselves that is the art side or the entrepreneur side. And so they've been understood that it's not worthy of their full focus. Well, that's really undermines, you know, having to have, have, having to have kept this under wraps more or less, um, you know, that undermines your self-confidence when you do eventually, if you do eventually go into this. Um, and, I, you know, I, I have seen a lot of people that, come into art later in life who have kept it alive in a lot of ways like maybe they they do some art or they collect art uh art books or art itself and you know maybe they are always going to museum shows or doing things that feed that um but basically seeing art as something that other people do like they respect it but they don't see it in their own lives um and so it's really can be really hard to say okay now I'm ready to do this, but I don't really have any basis for feeling like I'm an artist or, you know, um, understand that I can do this because it's never been taken seriously. Um, and I also want to say just with all the th- stuff that we're talking about, this attitude um, towards self-starting or towards artistic careers, I don't think it's true everywhere in the world. I mean, and and also that even people here are a lot of people are fortunate to grow up in families or communities where these things are taken seriously. And so in terms of art, so from an early age, um, their artistic inclinations are respected and reinforced. And uh, myself, you know, I was really fortunate to have uh, parental support and encouragement, even as I became an adult. But, you know, through college, through my teenage years, um, as a child, you know, going back to very early days, my parents were so uh, so good about this, and they were not artists, but they could. They just wanted me to do what I needed or wanted to do. So um, I can see that this, you know, basic self-respect for art 
was instilled so early on for me. And I think it's a big advantage. Uh, and I really, really appreciate it as an adult because um, I have run into and know so many people um, who didn't have that. And and they wanted to engage their create, creative passion, whatever it was, but they were not allowed to or encouraged to. And it it's just kind of sad to me. And I realize that I have a different perspective because I didn't have to struggle with this so much. Um, well, right. And it's it, you really need that that support from the people around you uh, because it, it's incredibly difficult to make a career for yourself um, on your own, whether it's in art or something else. Um, and it's it's uh, it's it's something that requires a huge amount of of education and knowledge, which is difficult to acquire because you're doing something that's not traditional um, and and a whole lot of ambition and a whole lot of just doing the work. And uh, I, I think that that's probably why people tend to get discouraged um, is because it's I mean, if you're if you're doing this on your own, uh, basically, you're taking on twice as much work for half as much money for a very long time, <laughs> not knowing if you're if things are ever going to change. Um, and uh, that's that's just kind of the nature of, of what it is. And, and when people encounter that and they make this very hard choice, you know, that maybe they have, um, you know, dependents, um, people who are relying on them and they can't afford to take that risk and they have to go do something a little bit more stable um, or they feel that they do. You know that's 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 a hard decision, and that's something that I wouldn't hold against anyone. Oh but right, right. Yeah. I, I also would hope that they wouldn't hold somebody making a different choice against them. Right, and that I don't even know if you can if you can really make those moves unless you have that basic self respect of this is important. This is what I do. Yeah, you have to believe in yourself. Yeah, and and I. I think that, you know, probably everybody can have a little more than they do. I mean, it's 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 a kind of a you know, it's a hard thing to to quantify for sure. Um and and the more you have of it, uh probably it's easier to put yourself out there and you know, believe in what you do and promote yourself and all those things. Um and you know, if you if you <laughs> you know, you have the passion, you want to do this, but you feel like your self-respect isn't quite there, and this is a pretty common situation. I think it's it's all tied in with sort of negative self-talk and things that people have told you, things that you did hear early on when you when you wanted to do this and you were discouraged from it. And so those voices can come back to haunt you and say, "Oh, come on, this isn't real. This isn't something that's going to go to go anywhere. You don't have what it takes." All those kind of things that people may have discouraged you with and undermine undermine that, that right. core that core thing that you need um and so i was thinking about well what if you're you know you know you know you have the passion you know you want to do this let's say art but you you know you don't know where to start or you have started but you feel pretty shaky about it and um i thought we could talk about some ways that um, you know, people can can uh, take some steps, take some action to try to build this up a bit more. Before we get into those action steps, let's take a quick minute to talk about what's new from Cold Wax Academy. 
Rebecca and her partner Jerry McLaughlin are wrapping up an exciting spring quarter and have announced their lineup of topics for summer quarter, which begins July 7th. Their weekly live interactive sessions will focus on mark making, composition, and on setting and following intentions to create strong, cohesive work. But you don't have to wait for the new quarter to join the Academy. All sessions are recorded and fully accessible in the member library. And you can watch and rewatch at your own pace. In addition, joining at any time gives you access to all the perks of membership and the benefits of being part of a growing, knowledgeable community of other artists. And for a limited time, Jerry and Rebecca are offering a new membership level that provides access to their extensive video workshop only. The cost is just $249 for six weeks of streaming access. Plenty of time to watch and re-watch all the in-depth content provided in this unique video. So once again, that's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. Okay, so um, just going through some ideas about kind of shoring up that self-respect. If you haven't developed it yet or you just need some reinforcement, so... As an artist, I think one of the main things is really to establish a regular studio practice. Um, and that means whatever it means to you, and, and hopefully it means almost every day, you are saying, uh, now is my time to make art, and this is my focus, this is my priority. And I what this also does, not only for yourself, but for other people, to say, oh, you know, we can't bother her, she's in her studio, <laughs> you know, something I've been kind of trying to establish most of my life, <laughs> and, it's, and it, it works. I mean, people say, oh, okay, yeah, leave her alone, she's working. Um, and that basic step is really, it can be hard to convince people that this is what you're doing, uh, if, you're, if you're just starting it, um, but it's it's really basic, I think. And yeah, that's kind of the first step of other people taking you seriously is taking yourself seriously and taking your work seriously. Absolutely. And even if you if you start out and you say, well, yeah, I'm going to go to my studio, whatever it is, every day or every other day or every weekend, whatever you can manage, um, you know, you may have in, inside, you may think, but what am I going to do there? <laughs> you know, what does this mean I'm an artist now? I'm saying this. Uh, but once you start doing that, and we've talked about this in other podcasts too, once you start, once you show up, you're going to do stuff and it's going to unfold for you. But that really is so important as a first step. Um, and I also think within that same realm in your studio, to give yourself the best kind of setup that you can manage to do. So within your finances, within your budget or your circumstances, um, you know, treat yourself well, like your studio space should feel good to you um, as best you can make it. And in terms of supplies and equipment, again, you know, if you can push the limits a little bit and say, well, you know what? I deserve good quality paint. <laughs> um, I deserve um, good lighting in my studio, whatever it is that will make you feel like you're respecting your own practice um, a bit more. So, um, you know, again, I realize that some people, many people will have limitations around that, but whatever you can do, it, it's worth it. Um, and I, I know for myself, once I started getting more professional level paint, it not only made a difference to the work, because Poor quality paint does affect your work 
Um, but it made me feel better about myself. Even if I could only buy two tubes instead of six, you know, I had something really beautiful to work with and it was good. Well, and there, there are levels to what is, what is professional level equipment. Um, when we first started this podcast, we were using $70 microphones and (laughs) they worked, they worked quite well. I mean, I did my research and I found the microphones that were, they were going to get us started and I believe you're still using one. It sounds good. Um, and I upgraded my microphone at one point because I was doing more professional level work. Mm-hmm. Um, but my upgraded microphone is $200 and it's it's very professional quality. Um, I could easily spend $400 or $1,000 or $2,000 on a microphone, but I don't really need to. Yeah. And that is, um, you know, that's very true. Um you know, you were saying there's different levels of professionalism or what you can afford. It's true for any equipment or supplies. You do your research, you figure out, um, you know, what's what what level are you at? But, you know, all I'm suggesting is don't just assume that you have to get everything the cheapest when if you could bump it up a little bit in terms of your self-respect or self-regard, um, understanding that you're going to it helps. It helps on a kind of an emotional level. It can also help with your work. Um, and so going on, you know, with some of these other ideas about how to kind of, um, you know, improve your your respect for yourself. And I, I think one of them also is devoting some time um, in other areas that help you see yourself as an artist. And that might include things like taking workshops or online instruction. It might include working with a mentor. And that can be a really good way if you find the right person. Um, and we did have a couple podcasts early on about that. If you can find a good mentor, um, it can really do a lot because that person is going to take you or should take you very seriously. And and all you're doing with them is talking about your work and, and anything that's blocking you. And so it it, working with a mentor really shows that you're devoting your time and energy to something, you're willing to pay for it, and in most cases, they, it, you would be a, a paid situation, and they will be helping you professionally. So, Right, and education is another one of those things that has levels. I mean, there's there's a lot of free content out there. This podcast is an example of it, yes. um, where you can get very good quality education um, and, and learn a lot for free. Um, and then there's um, there's levels to it where you can spend hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars, even hundreds of thousands of dollars on art education, depending on if you go to like a top level university versus doing workshops. And you get you have to decide where are you going to get your most value out of this? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're absolutely right that there is a lot that you can you can do. And it's not even you know, what you're paying for, but the time that you're giving to it and and feeling that what you're doing is rewarding you um, in some way back. Um, And so, um, you know, and and that might be hard to determine, but if you feel like you're being respected and taken seriously uh, with whoever you're working with, that is incredibly valuable to to enter that really serious state of mind. I also feel like it includes things like paying attention to the art world in general. So going to exhibits or museums, um, it might mean um, joining a critique group or just seeking out other artists that are going to be 
you know, honest and real with you about what you're doing. This whole thing about, uh, I think, taking yourself seriously and self-respect are so tied together. Um, and it's it's really a huge step to do that. Um, if you've never <laughs> done that, it's always been kind of something tucked away in the back of your mind. And, and I think, you know, starting out... Um, I think you need to understand, like what we're talking about, that criticism and instruction are really important. They're important to accept, to open yourself up to receiving that. And it's kind of odd because a certain humbleness uh, as you're starting out really helps your self-respect because you accept and understand where you are um, and you're not being grandiose or fooling yourself. You know you have a lot to learn. So kind of acknowledging where you are. Um, and there, there's no lack of self-respect in that. Um, I think it's crucial for a beginner um, to getting to getting through those learning phases, to knowing that, yes, you're going at this very seriously, but you have a lot of things to go through to get to be where you want to be. And, you know, a bit of a pitfall about that is kind of comparing yourself to other people and saying, uh, you know, you look at somebody who is doing well and having developed work and you think, I want to be them or how come I can't be them or whatever. And understanding that person has put in the time. So, you know, I, I think it, it helps overall to just see that big picture and say, there's a lot of steps, <laughs> you know, right. I'm not going to get there right away. Well, and you got to have some some perspective and some humility and, and some honesty with yourself, but you also want to avoid falling into imposter syndrome. Right. That's the other side. Yep. Right. You, I mean, you need to cultivate that self-confidence. Part of having that honesty and that um, that big picture perspective is knowing how far you have come and and how how much better you are than than where you were a year ago or five years ago and, and how much you've learned, how much you've advanced. Yeah. Yes. And, and you mentioned um, uh, imposter syndrome. I think that's if you're feeling like you're faking it, you you don't have you're lacking in self-respect, I think. Cuz self-respect is saying it's honest and like you said understanding it is a step-by-step thing. You have come a ways, you have a ways to go. Um and I think the people that learn the most and learn the best are coming from that position. And there is nothing uh there's nothing dis nothing about disrespecting yourself to say i'm a beginner i'm learning there's nothing about it when you're mid career when you're when you've been working at it for years and like i know i have a lot to learn so we always have something that we can learn and that's you know admitting that it certainly does not take anything away from your self respect but i think people worry a little bit that it does and they feel like they have to kind of um you know act more confident perhaps than they really are um, so anyway, that's, I think that's just kind of a mind, a mindset that is, is healthy. It's good. It's like, here I am, I'm learning. Um, and you know, I guess part of that, uh, taking yourself seriously also means limiting, limiting or eliminating your interactions about your work, specifically about your work with people who don't take it seriously. Right. Um, so if you if you feel like I mean it's easy to become defensive or feel a lack of 
self-respect when somebody around you thinks it's kind of silly or trivial. Um, sometimes you can't avoid those people. You might live with them. But um, I, that's why I say it about your work. You don't have to talk about your work to anyone who isn't going to respect you for doing it and, res- and respect the work. Um, and that's where you, you have that control Um just kind of being aware that that's kind of a something we'll get into again next week that that stuff that's coming at you from the outside that doesn't give you the respect that you deserve um and you can you know recognize it back away from it i guess i'm saying right and and i i think that really it's not so much about eliminating or limiting your interactions with people who don't respect your work um although i mean not talking about your work with those people can be a, a good option. I, I think that it's better to seek out interactions with people who do respect your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And in that, that's kind of, you know, goes along with what I was saying about trying to find allies, trying to find other people who are trying to improve their work and take themselves seriously and, you know, reinforce um, those kind of interactions is, is really good. Um, I think practicing talking about your work and what you do and even saying, yes, I'm an artist, which is really hard uh, for a lot of people to say, sort of trying to do that in a straightforward way, an unapologetic way. Um, And, you know, when we, it's sort of an affirmation, really, when you're able to, to talk about all that with no sense of apology or disclaimer about it, it helps you, you know, it helps you feel better about what you're doing, feel confident. And it also informs other people that you feel this way. Um, And, you know, I'm talking about a lot of this stuff from the perspective of people who, whose uh, way of coping with a little lack of self-respect is to withdraw, is to be, uh, you know, sort of hiding under a rock. Um, I have to say there are, are people who cope with it by um, kind of going overboard the other way. <laughs> but 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 this but the central thing is they don't really feel that respect. So they may be there are people who overcompensate by constantly talking about their work or constantly building themselves up. Um, and and that I guess I get back to that humble aspect, you know, uh, recognizing the the reality of where you're at is is important. Um, and, and just one more thing I wanted to mention is kind of a, you know, a tip, a good thing. You, you brought up looking, looking how far you've come. Um, and one of the ways to really see that is to keep ongoing uh, journals or sketchbooks or something where you are noting kind of where you're at. Maybe you're sitting and looking at a painting and you're writing your responses to it, things that you'd like to work on, whatever it is. Um, uh, maybe it's a sketchbook with with thumbnail sketches or something you're thinking about. And a lot of artists do this all the time. I've kept these kind of things for many years. And it's it reinforces that idea that you're engaged on a you're on a journey, you're taking steps, you're learning things all the time. And when I look back at some of those, I can see that, you know, and and that's what that's one of their values, not just in the moment while you're doing this activity, but um, you can watch yourself grow and you can watch yourself grow from uh, being a little insecure, not having the confidence, and then 
you watch those steps being taken. And um, I remember looking back at one in which I was um, uh, planning my first solo exhibit, right? So I'm looking at all the work. This was uh, an exhibit I had in Minneapolis. I think it was in the late 90s. And I'm looking at my work, you know, as just sitting around the studio and just trying to say, okay, I think, yeah, this one, and here's what, here's how these two relate and this kind of thing. And I was pretty nervous about the whole thing. <laughs> and I happened to come across that sketchbook and it was, I just felt amazed when I read that and I thought, wow, everything that's happened. But it brought me back to those feelings of that first show. And, you know, it's just a good perspective, I think, to have on yourself. And you don't have it unless you keep some kind of a record. Because we forget, you know, we forget how the, the nuances of those moments. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's kind of a, I think it's a good tip for as an ongoing part of your practice. It helps you to be self-reflective um, and, you know, introspective. And, and all that stuff reinforces your you know, your passion, your seriousness, and what you're trying to do. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Um, yeah, I would say that, you know, we talked at first about how the circumstances can vary so much for people as they're, when they're young, and whether they're being supported, or whether they're being discouraged from art, or, you know, we also include here other entrepreneurial activities. And, you know, we spoke specifically about art, but I think a lot of these things could be adapted to to your own business or whatever it is you're doing. Um, and we start out with different, on different, uh, on different levels of support for those things, depending on who's around us. Um, but no matter, because at some point you're going to adapt if it's something that you feel passionate about, you want to do. And so this basic respect for the place and your life that this holds, uh, making time for it and treating yourself well in aspects that surround it in terms of, you know, having good equipment, having a good space, um, all those things can help you grow into, grow into what you want to be as an artist or, or other activities you know, profession that you're getting into or self-employment. Um, and I think the idea that we are the gatekeepers, uh, we protect our practice and we honor its importance. And if we don't do that, you know, we can't really expect anyone else to. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.